It's not getting it, getting it. Uh, welcome everybody out there in podcast land, the good times with good people coming and proudly present the Law Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Now that you've received your invitation, the best way to let us know that you're in attendance is to download the party or become official by joining us on Facebook. Good. Uh, thanks for joining us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke. Share us with a friend, and welcome to the party. I'm your host and moderator, Rio, and... Let me introduce today's panel. Of course, I've got my returning champions for a small panel, but uh, always uh, a good time. Uh, Chris O'Connor is the owner of Liquid Nine Entertainment and Investments, uh, as well as having interest in Riga Whiskey and Office Works. And uh, Big Dave Elliott, he's the owner of CMP Construction. And today on episode 55 of the Law Party Podcast, then all hell broke loose. So... Um, I started doing, I started kind of putting together this list, thinking about we're almost at the first 100 days of Trump's presidency and, um, kind of wanted to recap that first 100 days and, but what I decided to do, um, is do that recap, um, next week. So, um... So we will do a first 100 days recap on next week because uh, there was so much crap that happened. Uh, that's why I added uh, the uh, then all hell broke loose <laughs> because um, it just it just has been a lot of stuff going on. But before we get too deep, let's play a quick party game. So, Chris, yes. Uh, which instrument makes you the coolest? I'll tell you this. The easiest one, definitely, is uh, guitar and singing. That's the most obvious one. That, that is clearly the one. But I can tell you, you're the biggest badass in the world if you can pull off a guitar in any way that makes you look semi-respectable. <laughs> if you can play keyboards or guitar in any band ever yeah. and make it look awesome, to make it look awesome, you are the bigger badass at that point because yeah. it's too easy to go the other way. It, it's very true. Very <laughs> true, actually. What do you think, Big Day? I played. My father played the trumpet. I played the trumpet. And if you ever saw Lonnie McFadden get down on a trumpet, or any of the old jazz musicians mm-hmm. get down on a trumpet, a trumpet player can be a serious badass because that's a sharp instrument. It has this tone, and there's all t- different types of the fugal horns, and then all they go through with the brass there. Horns can make a lot of different sounds. Oh, yeah. My personal thing that I would pick is probably keys um, as well. Um, I just think... Um, there's something, there's something inherently cool about being able to pick up a guitar and and do the and do the uh, kind of you know brooding rock star thing. But it's something special when you can sit down behind the keys, yeah, and and, and really pull that off. But I will say, uh, some of my bigger musical heroes that uh, that aren't in my genre uh, are jazz musicians, and in particularly. Um, Miles Davis. Miles Davis. Yeah, 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 I was listening yeah, to him yesterday. Yeah, John Coltrane. Yeah, so. I would go back to even like Benny Moon, Charlie Parker. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you know, locally, Bobby Watson. Yeah, 
Yeah, Bobby's awesome, man. He ran the KC Jazz, you know, Kansas City University, UMKC Jazz Ensemble for a long time. Going to a couple private shows like that, man. The kids and him rocked it. Yeah, he was great. I mean, they were were really good. All right. Oh, yeah. So, uh, last, last part of the question. Uh, would you rather be responsible for making world peace or ending world hunger? Dave, you better go first on this. All right, I, 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 you know, I'd rather end world hunger because that that would create more peace in its own right. Because famine, yeah. famine is, is is usually an effect of war. Oh yeah, I mean to tell you, and <clears throat> to tell you the truth, I mean so many of the uh, so many of the people that we've lost to, uh, and lost, I mean, they've converted to uh, fighting for ISIS, really all started from, from famines in their, in their local areas. And they were kept poor. So it's like, you, you don't have, you don't have any money, you don't have any food, you don't have any access to food. You got no job. Yeah, you, you're going to go wherever you can go that you can get it. And I think, yeah. so I tend to agree with you. I think solving hunger may do more to solve peace than uh, just solving peace. So I know I always do these really annoying history stories, but I would say this. One, a couple things. Uh, first off, most people who are terrorists are actually not poor. They come from middle-class educated families, and they have a very firm ideology, and they believe in it a thousand percent. So study after study has shown that it's not just these Poor kids who are stupid in the Middle East and they just go around blowing up stuff. They're actually fairly well educated. That's kind of Hezbollah and Hamas, though, because they're able to recruit from the slums on the low end. Absolutely. Not the right end. But their low end is from the slums. I'm not saying that there's not a lot of of poor people. I think ISIS is more what you say. It's the same of what they've always said about the American military. We're like, oh, it's just a bunch of hicks from the sticks and it's... You know, we're poor kids who have no other way out. I'm like, no, actually, it's far more diverse and have more highly educated than most American companies are, and it's kind of interesting. So, that being said, uh, in the 1800s, there was a theory by a British um, economist named Malthus who came up with this entire thing called Malthusian economics, and he predicted that the world would be out of food by uh, 1950, roughly ish. So somewhere in the mid-1900s. And what you don't take into account is very interesting. You don't take into account wars. So we probably lost over 50 million people to wars during the last century, if not more. Uh, Things like you're saying, accidents, diseases, all these kinds of things. You don't count that. He was taking the birth rate and multiplying it out and and, uh, and the potential growth of food at that point. And I also think the biggest thing that he blundered on was the development of genetically modi- uh, modified and GMOs. Uh, yeah, GMOs uh, food. So that your your yields are now insanely larger than they ever were. So I would just say world peace, just because I believe the fact that we've actually have the ability to solve world hunger, uh, and world peace is an infinitely more attainable goal. And I do agree with you that uh, they do go hand in hand to some degree, but I would put water up there before I put mm. food. Okay. But I think the third world war will be fought over water. 
Because once you have no water and you can't grow food and you can't drink or do anything else, you will you will necessarily have to start fighting. That is just what you're so going to have to do. If your choice is to starve to death or to fight, is going to be to fight. So I would so much rather solve world peace through yeah. a mechanism like solving uh, the food problem, which the food problem is largely solved too, yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways. I mean, because we really do have a, uh, surpluses of food that, that go to waste and they don't get shipped out or they, you know, sit and are allowed to go go bad. And I'm not saying that it's... it's, it's food is gasoline. Well, and as I'm saying, like... <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah. You can take this on local level. And what I do think is interesting is our federal policy where we pay farmers not to grow food. And I love the fact... And this, I know farmers this, that make millions are doing that. This one, Dave, is one where I think you and I would have a huge, huge contradiction as being a non-governmental guy who doesn't like that as a free market guy. And we are paying people to inflate the price of food so that farmers make money uh, in places where they can make a lot more yield and actually distribute food around the world and it'd be cheaper for everybody. So that's, uh, that is a, a, one of my weird democratic sides. As, as, a, as a boy who grew up in the country, I'm not going to argue that one with you at all. That's just a fact. I know farmers <laughs> that have made buku money not growing not crops. Growing crops. Not and everything crops. in CRP and then... Hitting a cop in, you know, after your five-year CRP's up, then turn around or ten-year, then turn around running crops again, and boom, go right back to Absolutely. They don't even have, it's it's, it eliminates how much work they got to do. It's amazing. And then in western Kansas, they found out, oh, there's a hell of a lot of oil under here, so we don't have to do anything at all. Yeah. I mean, we'll take your federal subsidy, thank you, and then we'll also take the money from Exxon and Mobile and those guys to... Absolutely. Mineral rights are huge. My wife, when she sold properties from the bank, the mineral, the water rights, all that stuff was huge money when she go to sell property Mm -hmm. through trust. My dad won the largest uh, oil and natural gas case in the United States in the late 80s, and it was Western uh, Western Kansas farmers who had all agreed with Mobile Oil to lease their land to them for oil exploration. And then they found out that it happened to be the largest vein of oil in the United States. And they all got back together and tried to sue them to renegotiate the deal. And it took years. Like, I didn't see my dad for years. They don't give that up, <laughs> up easy. Not easy. Uh, he ended up winning big time, and they had to pay out the ass for that. So it was a pretty good case. All right. So, this is one I know. I do know a little bit about. <laughs> huh? Right. We're quite a ways for just a couple of questions. Yeah, yeah that's all right. No, those are great questions. Yeah, no, yeah. It's like I, 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 I try to, I try to, I try to find some new and interesting stuff that I've never asked before, and you know, for you know, and I figure I'm only doing two questions, and uh, for for our party questions, so I want to make sure that it's actually something we've never talked about. So sometimes if we just answer them quick, it's funny and it's cool. Sometimes if we actually have a discussion about it, even better. These ones are good questions. Yeah, yeah, These are important questions. All right, so uh, let's get a little bit deeper and get into um, our RIPs for the week. Um, um, Our only actual RIP this week um, is Erin Moran. Um, She passed away at 56. She was Joni from Happy Days. Joni Cunningham, um, uh, and we were 
kind of uh, joking before the show uh, because she still looked pretty good up until her her last days, and we're saying she actually aged better than Chachi. <laughs> so, um, rest in peace to uh, to Aaron Moran. Yep. Um, one we didn't get a chance to talk about, which um, I, I'm gonna let you finish, uh, get this in, but. Let me just say real quick um, that we didn't get a chance to talk about that I did want to talk about uh, was uh, Charlie Murphy. Yeah. Um, um, everybody here being uh, pretty big uh, Chappelle Show fans, um, most people uh, got familiar with Charlie Murphy during the Chappelle Show and the Charlie Murphy True Hollywood Story skits, um, in particular the one where uh, him and his brother Eddie went to Prince's house and then the of course the classic which has become just urban slang a palooza uh, his uh, his uh, Rick James skit yeah. uh, so uh, so yeah I just I smile and I smile and crack up just thinking about I smile crack up when I think about Rick James let alone Charlie Murphy my thought was how many of our younger audiences out in podcast land that are millennials even know what the hell Happy Days was? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's funny. Because when we had our anniversary party, I was really surprised at, you know, how Ben and Brian, there were things that we were going through and having a blast with, and they're going, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny, a little uh, fun fact. Uh, Happy Days was put on the air... Uh, as a as an answer and direct challenge to good times, mm-hmm. um, mm. which is Jimmy which, Walker, yeah, because it was like good times was and Amos, just, and yeah, good times was just killing the show. ratings. It was, and, uh, it was great. It was a great show, and uh, but what they did was they put it up in uh, you know in, in, the, in the opposing time slot, and which is how different network different yeah network. different network which yeah. is but this is how they good times i think was cbs and happy yeah. days definitely yeah. was ABC. The abc right and it was which is why fonzie developed a yeah, yeah, yeah. to combat dynamite yeah. on true, true. on good times uh, I, 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 I heard about that about maybe maybe about a month ago and i was just like Really, I was like, I, and I never thought about because I actually watched. Well, uh, I'm younger, of course, than when it was on the air originally, but I remember watching both of those shows, and I never would have thought that they aired at the same time. Well, that's that's always been the case, and you probably tell me better than that. They they're always going to throw a competition. So if you have good times out there, which is going to be a more of an urban show, watched by an urban audience, white and black, I would say. It was. Very mm-hmm. much so. Mm-hmm. But what what was Happy Days? Oh, yeah. Happy Days was a throwback. They, blew, oh, yeah. they went after a little bit older, yeah, a little bit older white audience yeah. well, that, yeah. is, that had been used to sitting around. You know, our, our families, we had three channels. Everybody sat and watched sure. TV together, and you did too. I and and I definitely did. And so they were after that audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they got them. And they got them. So it really created a little, <coughs> that was a hell of a dynamic when you think about it. I never really thought about it until you brought it up, but yeah. I'm going to call it racial, but they, they, definitely, well, they definitely knew how to play it off but they, on but they, Well, yeah, I mean, they knew it, there it was. It is kind of racial. They knew, that they, they knew there was a hole in the marketplace, sure. 
and they knew that there was a demographic for the show sure um, that wasn't watching good times not that like you say not that only black people were watching good times but they knew that there was a demographic that wasn't watching good times that they could definitely capture right. and um, and Happy Days was a great show so be- well I would say even beyond that one you had a show that was set in 1950s Milwaukee Milwaukee bizarre, yeah. which then led to a spinoff of Jones uh, Church, which everybody knows but then it also and led to and, and, and it also led people forget this all the time it led to Mork and Mindy yes, yes and that led to Mork and Mindy I'm going to throw this out and see what you think about this mm. that is the same thing as Hillary and Trump. Because Hillary is more of an urban. Yeah, yeah. You know, more sit, more city. The people that vote for her were in that. Well, yeah. Well, but, urban but Trump sex. was more rural, more central. Small towns, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, is it... I'm not buying has, it. Has it really never... Come on! I'm not <laughs> come on! Well, yeah. it a re- has it really ever changed that well, much? Well, I think... Well, I, there's yeah. a dynamic there that is similar. I, I think there's... I think... I think he's stretching to it, but I know I'm where. You, but I know it. where you're going. I am stretching to stretch. it, but I know where you're going. But it just occurred in my head yeah. that there's a similar, yeah, not yeah. exact dynamic, yeah. but, but a I know, similar but I know dynamic. Yeah, that yeah. was on those two shows. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it, it, it's a stretch, but it was. Well, thanks for giving me some credit. I appreciate <laughs> that, Mr. O'Connor. <laughs> Looking back, if you look where Hillary lost, she just lost the the suburbs of big cities or manufacturing. And that was a lot, yeah, she of, just, a lot of white voters, actually. She just didn't go after him she, the way she should. She didn't even go there at all. Yeah. She was terrible. <laughs> she was a terrible candidate. I mean, she was horrible. She, they made a mistake. She just ran a better race. You know what? And, and, and the more I think about it, I don't even know if I think she was a horrible candidate. She ran a horrible campaign. I think she was a great candidate who ran a she horrible campaign. I don't think she was a great candidate yeah. because... Well, number one would think. Well, I guess. And I don't know if I thought she was a great candidate no, either, I but I don't think she was. But I don't think she was horrible. But I do think she ran a horrible <coughs> campaign, though. I think to be a uh, former first lady who becomes a senator, who becomes the secretary of state, and uh, really you would have the chance to be the first woman president of the United States, which you would think women being fifty-two percent of the population of this country would rally behind. And she would gain a lot of that support. Uh, yeah, you ran a terrible campaign when you lost against a guy who was a game show host. I mean, <laughs> basically, yeah, he, he did a reality show and a businessman, kind of. But he was. I mean, I mean yeah. What what most people <laughs> knew him for was was sure. the yeah, Apprentice for going in and out of bankruptcy all the time and doing the Apprentice and firing. Big celebrities. So that was what most people knew the guy for. He had more than that. He didn't know. He didn't even know any facts. He had no facts. You go to the left. You go to the left, and who's always out there screaming and yelling that the people pay to the Hollywood stars. The, well, poli- the political right. Hollywood stars go to the rally, and everybody shows up. Whoa! It was it different with Trump? He was the right. He was the right Hollywood star. But they just weren't. They're running. the left Hollywood. They just weren't running. Like he won every debate. He it, like it's, it's that cult of personality. All the issues is just she ran such a bad campaign about not going. And in fact, Bill Clinton was the one who called it, called it out and said it's a bad campaign. Yeah. Bill Clinton was the one who said you need to be going to these rural these suburbs. These cities where they've lost the jobs, 
and talk to him. And she did not. The well, did, campaign did not. I mean, because, you know, because oddly enough, I, I, I always felt during the campaign, um, not to get too far off track, because I still have one, one more thing I want to talk about in the RIB section, um, that it was going to be pretty difficult for Hillary to lose any urban core. So she needed to go, like you say, to the suburbs and to the small cities. It would be difficult for her to lose at all. Yeah, I mean, like I said, any like I'm like if she never went, if she never went to Philly and never went to Chicago and never went to, Did she'd she have been fine. If she just hung out at a bar in DC, <laughs> just chilled out, she'd have, she'd, she'd, have, she'd have been fine. But 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 for her not to go to any of the suburbs and small and small cities and small smaller well, towns, that was that was a mistake of of grand proportion. I, 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 just one more thing on this, and then I'm going to need to move on. I read something this weekend that was interesting, and I read it in the Jacksonville paper that she got in an argument with her campaign manager early on in 2016, hmm. and never talked to him again the rest of the hmm. campaign. That's conceit. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you who she also didn't talk that, to. That is a fact. Who won twice. You know, would have kept winning every time if he had been able to keep if running. If he could have kept running, yeah. I mean, he'd still be president right now. And I'd still be kick ass. You real? Whatever you need to do to settle your nerves to get the job done. Listen, let yeah. me. I'm not going to introduce you to my sister, but I'm still going to vote for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I saw something online about that, just saying. You know, people are always. You know, talking about people who are in these scandals or sex scandals or whatever. They're like, really, does it matter? Because really, the good ones don't. Yeah, yeah. The bad yeah. ones do. Yeah, yeah. And 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 you know who who's who yeah. right away. You know, yeah. Because some some people you're like, okay, dude. Just like, look at the dude. The dude's screwing everybody. Like you know it, and he does it with a wink and a smile. It's kind of funny, and it's you get it, and it's I I always found it funny. Yeah. Yeah. Press assistant's husband, uh, uh, Wiener, yeah, Wiener. And you know that guy's just a dirtbag. Dirt I mean, he doesn't yeah. do it in a fun way, he just does it in a shitty way. Like, yeah, like, uh, you're, dude, you're just creepy. Yeah, you were, yeah you're just creepy. <laughs> yeah, like, just stop. <laughs> okay, okay, so, uh, last but not least, this past week was the one year anniversary of the uh, passing of Prince. And, uh, Got me to thinking because one of our earliest podcasts was talking about Prince passing, yeah, yeah, and uh, and and it just hit me like, damn! Like we just celebrated the year anniversary of the podcast, and and it's just the and it's just the year anniversary of Prince passing. And I was just like, I was like, one, you know, I, I suppose you know the old phrase, time flies. It really does because that year went by really fast and. <laughs> And for as much as you still hear about Prince and hear Prince music, and um, I have several very rabid Prince fan friends. Um, and in, in Chicago, they throw, if not monthly, every other month, they throw this uh, 
pretty huge uh, Prince and Michael Jackson party that they do all originals, no, uh, no like dance remixes or anything. Right, right, right. Like a DJ, yeah, uh, DJ spinning, and they go do a dance and have a party. Yeah, and yeah, it's, and they and they do and it. And they dress up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, they you know airbrush t shirts. Somebody's got to wear the gloves. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. There's one Prince impersonator who shows up every single time. He's in full purple rain gear with with the cur with the curls and everything. Some of the best Prince impersonators have been our trannies. Yeah, I don't think this dude is, but. But I, I was when I first time I saw him, I was like, "Damn, you are committing!" <laughs> God damn. Here's what I do wonder, and this will be interesting. I wonder if musical stars today that passed away, like Prince and Michael Jackson, did carry. And maybe it's a matter of time, and maybe it's a matter of culture, and I don't know which. But do they do they carry the same legacy forward all the time? So take like. And Elvis. You saw people who worship Elvis or Marilyn Monroe or John Lennon or somebody like that. Uh, do they still carry the same legacy and same weight in popular culture as... 20 years from now. As older people did. Yeah. 20 years from now, does he, still, <coughs> does he still have that same weight? Now, yeah. I, I, I will probably argue that uh, there will be fewer that will. Uh, I do think probably Prince, Michael, Tupac, you know. Tupac clearly did. Yeah, that, that, I think there's, there's a handful that will. Right. But I think, I think we will see a lot of people pass and it'll, that'll be. I'd argue that Tupac might be even more. Yeah, his legacy is. His culture's legacy yeah. is bigger even than yeah, maybe Michael more Jackson. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, I mean, they're about to do a, uh, about to do the uh, Tupac uh, biopic. I yeah. saw it. Yeah, and and okay, so um, every year the anonymous female and I we go to the uh, Earth Day movie. So we're, we're recording this uh, uh, a few days after Earth Day, and uh, we every year we go to the Earth Day movie. So we go to the Earth Day movie, and uh, and you, when you walk into the theater, <clears throat> you know you see all the huge banners for the movies that are coming out. And uh, I walk in and I look up and I go, oh my, it is, scared me half to death. Because it was the Tupac's, the banner for the Tupac movie, and the guy they have playing Pac looks so much, it was like this super close up on his face, he looked so much like Pac, it scared me to death, I don't know where they found this guy. It was just like Jamie Foxx looks at some of the roles he's played where he became Oh yeah, like when he played yeah, right. when he played Ray Charles, he became like, Ray Charles. He channeled yeah, right. Ray Charles. He yeah. became Ray. You know, that, that was some of these guys can do this where they they just are able. Who would have thought it totally get into it? Would be able to be that great of an actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fantastic that great of an actor. Fantastic actor. He is one of my favorite of all time. Uh, I, 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 I like Sunday. Him. Oh yeah. Oh my Ste god. Steaming really beaming. Yeah. Oh my god. Wait, so so now here's a, here's another fun fact before we get into uh, the uh, political part of the show um, about uh, Jamie Foxx. Um, so he does um, Ali with uh, mm -hmm. with uh, Will Smith. Yep. 
where Will Smith really channeled and he kind of became Ali. But he did a great job. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but but uh, Jamie Foxx's Bundy Brown, um, it, he did a phenomenal job. And so the story goes, and I've I've heard uh, Jamie Foxx tell this once that he's talking to Will and Will. Um, are they tight or not? Uh, yeah, they are tight. Okay. So he's talking to Will, and Will, but, but Will's basically giving him the business. At at, and he goes, dude, like he does he does this role. He's incredible at it. And then he and he goes, all right. So what's next? And he's telling him, you know, he's he just got the script for you know, Booty Call Two or something, something stupid, you know, and whatever it was. And and he basically was like, dude. What is wrong with you? And he goes, Will Smith told this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To Jamie Foxx, he goes, "What is wrong with you?" He goes, he "Goes, what do you mean?" He goes, he goes, "Why are you in this business?" He goes, "You know, I'm, you know, I'm in it, in it to, you know, to do well and make a lot of money." And he right. goes, he goes, "No, if you're in this business, you're in this business to be great." He says, "And you're great. You're an actual triple threat. Like you oh, actually yeah. can sing." You actually can concert play piano, and you can actually act your ass off, and you're really a quadruple threat because you're actually a funny freaking stand-up comic. What the is wrong with you? Like, like this gives him the riot act. Good for Will. And uh, and uh, and he says after that he really never forgot that conversation. And that's and a good the, friend. Yeah, oh, that's a good friend. Exactly. That's a good friend. And he says, and after that is when he got the offer to do uh, do rap, and and he uh, never looked back. Won it, won an Oscar, and he's become one of America's most beloved actors. He's a phenomenal. Yeah, and, uh, but you can hold but, him there with Denzel. Oh yeah, but if Will didn't give him the riot act. Um, Who knows if he? Yeah, I, I think it's also a stretch too, Chris. <laughs> yeah, because Denzel is another is another Ooh, beast altogether. Him and Morgan yeah, Freeman. Yeah, there's, a, there's a handful of actors that you're like you're talking the elite. You're right? talking he's, rare air. Yeah. He's got to earn this a little more before yeah, that happens. Yeah. Like Denzel yeah. just keeps directing, producing, starring in amazing films that somehow end up really resonating. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not knocking Jamie Foxx in any way, shape, or form. I think he is phenomenal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my truly favorite actors. And ever since I saw Any Given Sunday, I'm like, I will see anything you would oh, yeah. do. Yeah, I, I can't, yeah, any given I can't Sunday, disagree with you on Any that Given anymore. Sunday changed my mind yeah. about whether or not he was really a, re, a real actor. That last He's scene, probably the best black actor that we've had in our time. The last scene where they're at the Cowboys I can't think of anybody yeah. better. Uh, where he... I think she's talking to Al Pacino and he throws the ball and yeah. he's like, you know, my mind was a little sore. He turns around and he realizes he's gone. And the look on his face to know that this game is brutal and you have no time and nobody gives a crap. Right, about right, you. right. It's one of the most amazing scenes I've oh, yeah. ever seen oh, like, yeah. in the movie. Absolutely. It was brutal. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about, just in fact, just talking about, um, like I said, last thing and then I got to move forward. Um, but if you think about are probably two, like you said, two of the most beloved black actors right now, uh, Will Smith and Jamie Foxx. Um, nobody would have thought Will Smith, the Fresh Prince, yeah, would have been 
possibly the biggest actor in the world. Like nobody would have figured that. But, but but don't you think in some way that he's the in a weird way that blocked Tom Hanks? Because oh, like, yeah. Tom yeah, Hanks yeah, yeah. was a stand-up comedian who went to Bosom Buddies oh, and yeah. all of a sudden becomes this becomes, renowned actor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but but you wouldn't have thought that. that. You wouldn't have thought that if you saw Bosom Buddies. Oh, Bosom Buddies. I mean, Peter Scolari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have thought that if you saw Bosom Buddies. And for the same thing, you know, when you're watching uh, the Jamie Foxx show or or the uh, af- or the or the aforementioned booty call, uh, <laughs> you would not have ever thought Jamie Foxx would be the actor that he is. But that's evolution. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because you have to start somewhere, and then you you, you learn your trade. Yeah, you learn you your know, craft because because that's a trade. Oh yeah, very much so. These guys are craftsmen. They learn their craft. They look, they watch, and the only way you learn your craft is that they they had their mind opened up that they watched a lot of people and they watched a lot of things and they did their due diligence and they studied and they became good at their craft. You know, I, as a, as a, as a company runs craftsmen, I appreciate that. I look for that in people. Oh you yeah, know, I, I, that's something that just is huge with me. I appreciate somebody that's earned their craft. I would never disagree with you, and I. And I I would agree with you. You must disagree with me. No, no, no. I, I can't believe you disagree with me on anything. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. What I would say, though, that is that is different about Hollywood as to other industries is that you are not the one who gets the say. You can be the best craftsman in the world. You can be the greatest actor in the world. And there have been a lot of great actors who never got the chance to make it big. You're in the business. You know better than not. I can't but that's that very true. There's I, I can't argue that. Phenomenal that actors that just did not get the opportunity. Maybe they did kiss their ass or maybe they were conservative. Yeah. I mean, oh, look, did I say that? Did I? You know, I mean, honestly, I think with, with acting, you know, with acting, I mean, there's so many factors. I mean, you know, you, you can't... Uh, like, if you're not in it, not an in particularly uh, handsome leading man type, it takes the right role for you to really be able to break through. You're because, a character actor. Because, yeah, because you, you are a character actor. You're John you know, C. Riley. Who's a phenomenal actor. Love him. But he's rarely going to be the lead in anything, right. you well, know. I went out for Jack Reacher, and they just told me I was too old. But I'm the right <laughs> size to be Jack Reacher. Not that little pipsqueak <laughs> Tom Cruise. But it's looks, it's luck, it is crap. Crap. There's yeah. no doubt. And then it's networking your ass off and having a phenomenal agent who gets you into into the pitches. I mean, it is. it takes a lot of things to go to. I mean, we just being in the industry just even a little bit, you're discounted automatically just because of how you look a lot of times. It's like, that's, that's not the we're ever yeah, going for. Yeah, that's, yeah, he doesn't. And that has nothing to do with crap. Or it's like, dude, come on, you do construction. Doesn't fit the look. I can't argue that. I can't argue that. I don't care what you look like. Just get your ass out there. You can be ugly as a bulldog's ass. You're a good cop. Man. You're, <laughs> you're in with me, buddy. Yeah. In fact, I was looking at your copper house on Lake Quivira. Lake Quivira the other day. I was like, oh my God, I love this house. So, I mean, it's... That's phenomenal work, and that's craftsmanship. Yes, it is. And and that and that will speak for you. Ah, absolutely, that's yeah. legacy. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right, so here we go. Uh, first on the list, uh, Aaron Hernandez. Uh, so 
What <laughs> goes through your mind when you beat a double murder charge and then you kill yourself? Well, he still had the other murder The other murder charge. He was already in jail for I think I can answer that. I think I can answer that quite well. Being a Chiefs fan first and the Patriots fan second, because the Chiefs always get to the playoffs and then the Patriots take the rest away. So I always got my end of year team, right? Just saying. Come on, Chiefs, let's get it done this year. Hey, by the way, I'm going Thursday night. Chiefs Patriots. Oh, NFL right. kickoff with Langdon Franny. All right. Boom. All right. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, yeah we're going to have fun. And last time we whooped their ass so bad, it wasn't even. Well, they took me to Army Navy. I would have won. So, <laughs> anyhow, I think reality all of a sudden probably came to dawn on Aaron and just how bad he fucked himself up. Because he couldn't get away from the people he ran with. And we've seen this in the NFL how many times? Somebody with enormous talent that couldn't get rid of their, their shitty posse. And, and, Are you and he about really. B.M. Morris? Huh? Are you talking about B.M. Morris by chance? Yeah, one of them, <laughs> a former Chiefs player. That, you yeah. know, uh, some of these guys could really, could have really done a lot of good in the world, you know. Yeah. They're, they're the opposite of the Derek Johnson. You look at Derek yeah. Johnson, you know, that guy, he's, he's good as gold, he's going to be a Chief for life, you know, everybody in this town's going to love him. Or, Big Pappy playing for the Red Sox, you know, or Yaz or any of those. The legends of sports figured it out. These guys did not. Yeah. And he pissed away how much money. He pissed away how much fame. He pissed away it all. Didn't he have like a and even though he beat the even though he even though he beat the rap, it said uh, they had John three sixteen that he wrote on his forehead. But he only beat one rap. Right, he, he had three. Well, he had three murder charges. But, but he, had, he had the first murder. He was guilty. Yeah. He, was exactly he was guilty. He was in. He wasn't coming out. In all honesty, he was guilty all three. Yeah, we wrapped yeah. up. Yeah. So yeah. the he, point was, is I really think the dawn of reality struck the man. And for some reason, in prison, maybe he started reading the Bible. And even though the Bible certainly wouldn't teach you to commit suicide, no, I don't all. think he was reading the Bible at all. I think I think it dawned on him, and he hung himself. I think he's a coward. Well, anybody commits suicide's a cow. No, I, I, I don't think so. But uh, I, that's I, how I, I see it. And, and, I, and, I get, and, I, and I understand that point because there's a lot of people that feel that way. I, I don't feel that way because I think there's a lot of people who live with so much personal pain that I'm not going to tell somebody, if you have a right to life, you have a right to die. And so I, I, I can't, I'm not going to judge somebody's pain. But it's hard whatever. to judge them, but I, and I completely it's still tough. It, it is, and, and it, I, I, get, I get that a thousand percent. What I think is, he probably realized, okay, congratulations for winning. Let's see what happens. If I win, maybe I get out on the other one. You know, no. and there's there's a way out, and then when there is no hope left of getting out, yeah, you know, you right, you know, you're in jail for the rest of your life. And that dude, I just think, just took the. Probably the easy way out for him at that point. Sure, it was yeah. the way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the coward's way out. Yeah. And I don't think it's. I don't think suicide is always the coward's way out. I think in his case mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, I think in his case it was. I, 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 yeah, I, I agree that I don't think it's always. I've suicides. I had a couple suicides friends. in my family, and I'm. I've had. They were cousins. I had trouble. I've had trouble forgiving because they really neither one of them had a reason to kill themselves. In my opinion, but they just. That's they, where they, they just let the world crawl in on them a little too hard. And didn't fight through it. And I'm a survivor. I don't 
It's hard for me to understand that because if you commit suicide, you made yourself a victim. No. I don't do victimhood very well. I, I think there's a lot of biological things that go along with it yeah, for a lot of people. I think you can have a very severe mental depression. Yeah, I think, you I, have I think there's of some of that. Very legitimate illnesses. Uh, I mean, I had a good friend of mine come in my room when we were roommates in the middle of the night and threatened to kill himself at 2 in the morning with a gun to his head. And luckily I got him drugged up enough to take him to a hospital and lock him up for a while. And he's still alive. But he would not have been a coward for killing himself. He had a really rough life. And it was terrible. And I'm like, I, I don't understand your pain. But I know that you are in serious pain. And I can't even begin to understand it. Yeah. I would not have called him a coward. Aaron Hernandez, I believe... Was he yeah, coward? Took, Only because yeah. he didn't want to take the consequences oh, yeah, of his actions, of everything else that happened. I, I, yeah, I mean, I've got, a, I've got, a, I've got a really good friend who's who's tried a couple times, you know, and and you know, and last serious conversation I had with him, he was just like, you know, you know, thank God that you know I finally got treatment and they finally got my medications level levels right. right. Mm-hmm. And, Right. You know, so I know that there are. I can't disagree with that. I know right. that there are other factors. Yeah. That, even that's a guess. Yeah. Even that mental health right now is a guess. It is mm-hmm. doctors guessing what medication will work for you. It takes a very long time to to actually take effect. Yeah. yeah. And then if it's the wrong one, you start all over again. Yeah. And then what happens to a lot of people is that they say, Ah, feeling way better. This medication then they stop worked taking cured, so they stop taking the medicine, and all of a sudden they're back to where they were, and you're in a really rough spot. And I just, I don't feel comfortable judging people and saying that. In this particular case, I think you just knew. Yeah. And the consequences are what they are. Don Real, Don Don. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. You got, you got a little too much, too much shit come on. I, I honestly think there was a point in time where maybe... By winning this case, he thought he would get out of the other one. Yeah. Like, because they were similar yeah, yeah, related. Yeah. And I think he just realized this isn't going to happen. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want any part yeah, of this. I don't want to do this. Tough subject. Yeah. It, is, it is tough. I do believe that if you believe in the right to life, you should believe in the right to die. And so, just, it's your life is your life. Do what you want with that. Go on. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you and your maker to have to, uh, have to, to have to have to dress at some point. Yeah, like I said, I see when when older people do it, I actually have a little more compassion. Hmm. You know, because of the pain involved. I've been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Yeah. yeah, or you know, my my wife. Some de- my wife's totally gone with Alzheimer's, and I'm not doing very well. And they do these murder suicides. They're tragic, tragic stories. Yeah. But when you look at them, you kind of understand them a little bit. But it's still, I don't know, my Christian belief, I have trouble with it. But, you know, I, I am, yeah. yeah. I shouldn't say I haven't got there because I was at a real low point in my life one time and I wondered if taking myself out wasn't a better option. But my strong belief wouldn't well, let me do it. Clearly it would not. But when you're, when, you're a drug, when you're a drug addict and you're hooked on drugs and you're on the street, that thought will enter your head. Oh yeah, yeah because yeah. you you're on, you're on the bottom rung, and that and you guys you guys have both heard me talk about sure. you're going to either let go or you're going to reach up yeah. and hit the next rung. And seriously, that's and that's right. and that's a hard point to be at. When if you let go, you know you're probably if you're not dead by your own hand, you're going to be dead 
Yeah. I would agree. Like your addiction. The strange things <laughs> aren't even the ones that, that bother me the most. The ones that bother me the most are people with legitimate mental mental illnesses yeah. that I cannot begin to understand. Yeah, I never story. had a mental illness. So I was and, just a loser. And I've known a lot of people. Well, you, you, you and I both. I'm a little crazy, but that has nothing to do with mental illness. But I do think that there are people who just suffer from a pain that I just can't begin to understand. And not because of drugs or anything. And I don't want to understand that type of pain, really, because I don't want to let myself go that dark. And I don't either, but I do believe that they're in that There are people that do, yeah. And those people, I understand why they do what they do. All right. Uh, next on my list, Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. Yes. Uh, uh, and I'm and I'm going to use Bill O'Reilly finally getting fired by Fox News. Um, I personally believe uh, Bill O'Reilly should have been fired uh, a lot of years ago, um, and not and and not even do because I think to to my knowledge. You know, the stuff that we're finding out about the sexual harassment and stuff is newer information for me. But, um, you know, some of the insanely racist and sexist rants that he would go on on air were just uh, asinine, to say the least. And I couldn't believe that they were keeping him, uh, keeping him on air as long as they kept him on air. But, um, you know, apparently with uh, the amount of uh, charges and accusers that were starting to stack up, it was just becoming untenable for Fox. And well, I think what really happened, to be honest, was, and again, again I'm, I'm going to throw this out, I think racism and sexist is a matter of opinion. I think you can talk about race and sex without being racist or sexist, and I don't know where he falls in the spectrum. I thought he was reasonably somewhere in the middle sometimes. I thought he actually kind of did a reasonably decent He would job sometimes hit both sides of the story. Splitting the story. But what I would say is the bigger issue here is that Fox is under investigation by the FEC, uh, FCC because they, or SEC, sorry, for uh, not disclosing that they paid $42 million to settle Roger Ailes' charges. Uh, and now you have Bill O'Reilly following up on this with paying out $13 million right, right, right. in legal fees. And so all of a sudden you're wondering, what the hell is going what on? What the hell is going on? Fox? Right. Is this a culture that you guys are creating? Right. And we're going to have to keep dealing with this. And beyond that, they paid him $25 million to leave. Yeah. So it's... It's a testament to how much money he was making for that. No. Oh, yeah. Well, and yeah. I'll tell you, the golden rule is, as soon as you stop making money for people, you're done. Oh, yeah. You're done. I mean, I, now that I did know. I mean, I knew that his ratings were phenomenal and, and all of that. The biggest know? in nighttime cable and news. Yeah. And, in fact, always in the top ten of nightly cable shows. Yeah, that's well, a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Now, I will vehemently disagree. Um, I, as, uh, being the kind of person that I, that I am, I try to keep my uh, ear to... 
I, I, you know, a lot of people say that they try to listen to both sides of the story. Sure. And they try to, you know, and, and, and I really do. Uh, one, that's just kind of my nature. Two, um, especially uh, to be a good host, doing a show of my own. You know, I want to be as informed as I can be. Sure. And uh, but Bill O'Reilly uh, was just one of those guys that, for years, you know, I had been watching him and hearing the things that he would say and I just I was often often blown away now on the other side of that I could see how um I can see how he was likable you know I could definitely see his bombastic and yeah 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 I could see how I could see you know like if in the books yeah like I say books are pretty good yeah, like when he did, um, you know, other people's shows, like he did the the View, and yeah. you know, he did like yeah, like I can see how people liked him. Like he, David Letterman. Yeah, yeah, but he's on John Stewart. But I, but I could he exposed himself. He exposed himself to other views. Yeah, well, which he he definitely did. I will give him that. And I thought he represented that <coughs> reasonably well. And I also thought for Fox in particular, because if you think of Fox <laughs> as a channel, you had Megyn Kelly, who I thought was. Oh, yeah. Pretty, pretty balanced and pretty smart. Uh, good lawyer and actually did a lot to bring down Fox uh, now. He didn't put up with a lot of the shenanigans and was, in fact, I wouldn't say anti-Republican, but did a lot to say, hey, let's get the other side out on the Democratic side during the election. I would say Sean Hannity is just a complete kiss-ass who does nothing? No, he, but he, 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 he's, he's right and right he's over. this ridiculous American. To, to tell somebody you're a good American, who the hell are you to say you're a good American or not? You don't even know. You're not qualified yeah, to say that. Exactly. No. Nobody made you judge and juror. Bill O'Reilly, I thought, was somewhere in the middle. Bombastic. He had this, the personality and all the other stuff. Uh, and did stuff just for ratings, I think. But once you're starting to find out, oh, things that happened. I'm like, holy shit, you had been fired from any company years ago. Exactly. Hey, what's going on, podcasters? Let's acknowledge the good friends of the Law Party Podcast. The Majestic Restaurant and Pendergast Club carrying on Kansas City's tradition of great food and great jazz, 931 Broadway in Kansas City, Missouri. The J. Rieger Kansas City Distillery. Whiskey, gin, vodka. That is oh so good. And friend of the podcast and panelist Lane Bolin, managing to keep the podcast going, apparently wealthy or not. Now onto our regularly scheduled program. Exactly. The thing, thing about Bill Riley, I started listening to Bill Riley when he was doing his radio show, mm-hmm. and he wasn't on TV yet, mm. and his radio show was kind of interesting, because he did mix it up, and he, like I said, he would go after Republicans on certain yeah. things and saying, yeah. hey, you know, this is bullshit, you aren't doing a good job at this, this needs to be done, or that needs to be done. He went after McCain like crazy. Yeah, yeah. and so, you know, he, he went after Palin like crazy. Yeah, well, that's why. Yeah, now, and now that's the one thing I did, I did like about Bill O'Reilly. Uh, politically, you know, he definitely did as best a balancing act as I think you can do for five. What's the right. racist and sexist stuff that you think that he actually threw out there in the world? Um, oh, just if, just going back, and I, and, and I hate to... Well, he's after I, Chicago I, a lot. I hate to say, well, one, yes, he was, he was after Chicago a lot, but it, but it wasn't, 
But Chicago's corrupt as hell. And so but, but it wasn't purely dirty. because he went after... He, like, I don't think anybody's in particularly racist or sexist because they bring... Uh, bring yeah, well, yeah, they bring an alternative viewpoint to a position that... Um, you know, maybe other people uh, either don't want to or don't know how to touch well. Sure. Um, you know, I, but, you know, he did a lot of, uh, and uh, it was really kind of the same kind of stuff that uh, that Cosby was starting to do, you know, toward the, toward the last few years of his career. A lot of the, a lot of the, uh, you know, I, you know, I call it, you know, victim blaming. You know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, well, if you, you know, wouldn't have, you know, all these out of wedlock kids if you pull your fucking pants up, or if you, you know, it was just, it was, it was these. Um, but I'm not. Interested. It was doing reports, though. But, 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 but that's, but that's, but that's some veiled, that's some veiled racist language. It really is, and 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 I know it's 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 difficult to. Being a being a minority, there's stuff that you see and you hear your whole life, and you know it. Mm-hmm. But it's more difficult to explain it because it's something you know in your gut. Like, you know, okay. For example, um, the anonymous female and I, we went to this Italian restaurant one time, right? And uh, here in Kansas City, um, and she was like, "Oh." This is, such such good food and and uh, you know it's right downtown and uh, so we go in there uh, one time with another guy we know for lunch and it's packed in there and and it's fine you know it's fine we had great great lunch and <clears throat> and everything and then we tried to go back one time for dinner and there was almost nobody in there and it was one of those. You know, there's conversation, and then and then we walk in, and you know, the record, the record spun back. Yeah, the record scratched. Nobody's talking at all, and everybody's kind of looking at you with these uneasy smiles, and that's all they're doing. Like nobody's talking. Everybody's looking at what restaurant. I don't even want to give them. Okay. I don't even want to give them any power uh, uh, No, no, going toward. Uh, no, no, yeah, for yeah, uh, Grand going toward. All right, uh, all right, going toward uh, Grand Slam. Um, so, so we're going there, and uh, and I immediately know they don't want us here, and the anonymous female is like. She was like, "Oh well, you know," and but even even to her, after a while, it's weird. And we hadn't gotten our we hadn't gotten our order taken yet, or our, you know anything like that. And and I was just like, "We should go." And then she was like, "She was like, she's like, no, we can't let people chase us out." I said, "No, no, no, they're not chasing me out." I says, but I know... I choose not to do business. Yeah, yeah. You want to have exactly. a nice dining experience and, and you're not and, having and I'm not. a nice dining experience. Exactly. And, and, and so I'm choosing to not give them my money. Okay, so can I throw something out here which I don't know is right, wrong, or indifferent. And this is where I always feel uh, we go south sometimes. Because we always talk about everybody's perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, 
I do believe that there is a perspective sometimes amongst minorities that they are getting bad treatment because they're minorities. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that sometimes that is true. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that a lot of times it's just an accident of something that is a coincidence where this is just bizarre a little bit. Yeah. And so... Uh, and, and I always try to give that benefit of the doubt, you know, where, you know, there, there, may, there may be... Like if you get, if you get, um, you get served last, even if your order was taken first. We, I had that experience today at lunch. Yeah, I like, and, I and so I like I always try to think, you know, is it just busy in here? Right. Like I always try to give the benefit of the doubt. Right. But there are times when you absolutely know, okay, this is not this, this is not busy. This is not. Something else. When you're positive, this, yeah. is the, this is the issue. Yeah, and 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 they don't have to say it, but but it's a gut feeling that you can't really always explain. And you would put Bill Riley in that category. Yeah, like, and I've heard, I've heard him say, I've heard him say on a dozen occasions something that I knew was was dogless. Even though he interviewed the president twice, uh, and I thought he did a very fair interview. Is a good interview. Now, I will say this. I don't think everybody that does racist stuff feels in their heart that they are racist. They're racist. Yeah. They, they're they reporting the thing as they see it. Exactly. But but their perspective... They're coming at it from a racist perspective. Exactly. And they don't even realize that. And, 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 that's, the, and that's what I got from Bill Ratner. And this is, what I, this is what I have a hard time with. Because this is where... This is where we've always, the crux of the show, I've always come to this, because I, I love this topic. Yeah. I, do, I really do, and it's the one time that we ever get to talk about it. Yeah. So, if you don't come at it from a racist point of view, mm -hmm. does that still make it racist? If you honestly believe that what you're saying is legitimate and has a rational viewpoint. Yes. Um... Does that still make it racist to you, or is it just you think that person doesn't understand the racism, and is it is it the person who's interpreting the racism, or is it the person who's saying racist things and not knowing what they're saying? I definitely think it's the person that's saying or doing racist things, and they may not even know or realize that what they're saying uh, has the... Uh, Implications that it does, you know. I, um, well, for 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 example, um, I think that uh, I think that you know I think a lot of people, a lot of people do, and a lot of people don't think that you know that that Trump is racist. I don't know if I necessarily think that he. I don't think he is. is racist, and I don't just mean racist against black people. Racist, I just mean in generally. But I, but I do think that some of the things that he says and does are racist, are racist and he may not even realize racist in one sense. Racist, like he just lumps people together and says the as a commonality, this is what I think about you, or uh, racist in the sense that. Um, 
I have a bias against your particular race. So it could be. Uh, well, and I think I uh, think in Trump's case, it's well, it's it's so, so it's me, the former, me, not the latter. And maybe so. And let me give you an example. So I would say, Chicago truly does have a crime problem. Yes, they really do, and it is basically ninety percent black and black crime, and it's generally uh, located on the south side of town. Okay. Yeah, and west side. Uh, less so on the West well, that, That's where the competing gangs are, right, Rio? No, well, no, I think, yeah, no, I think right now the drug gangs are mostly are, are South Side and West Side competing. It's, um, you know, it's basically on the South Side and the fighting over the, the most, the, the most of the killings that you're hearing about are South Side. Yeah, that's what you're, that is what yeah. you're, when you hear 23. I mean, you do hear a lot of stuff that happens on the West Side, but I think right now, I, most I, of what I think it's spreading this a little bit, but really yeah. we're talking about controlling the Mexican drug. Uh, trade from coming from Mexico into Chicago yeah. and being spread out, and this is where we hear about the crime. So that's not a racist problem to me. That's a drug problem to me. Yeah, that is a huge. You've drug talked about that before. Yeah, and so to talk about that and say, okay, Chicago has a real crime problem. Yeah, they do. Uh, there's a lot of murders there. A lot of oh, murders. Yeah, and that becomes an issue. But it's not a racist issue to me. It's a drug issue to me. Yeah. Like I have zero problem yeah, yeah, with yeah. awesome black dudes who just want to go to work and just be cool. I really have a huge problem with black dudes who want to be in gangs and want to fight each other. But there are just as many white gangs who are trying to fight each other and do a lot of weird drugs. I'm going to give you an example of what happened to me this weekend. We had intermission at the symphony. And we're all standing in line in the bathroom to take a leak. And they have one one trash can over here, and a, and a black guy turned around and went to throw his his paper, you know, his towel into the, and he missed. Mm-hmm. And you know me with my smart ass coming right off the top of my head before I even thought what my mouth said. I said, "You're supposed to be better than, you're supposed to be good at this." Mm. Oh shit! And. <laughs> <laughs> It instantly came to me that was probably one of the most insensitive, stupid things I ever said. You know, I didn't think. It was just, you know, I would have made it, I would have, it, it just, you know, black dude, you're supposed to be able to play basketball, you should have made a basket. And that was really a stupid thing to say. And did well, I, did and, I say it in a racist way? Well, well, which, which is actually my point exactly. That was a stupid thing. And you don't you mean I'm not, you I'm not racist well, at all. Well, exactly. Like, you weren't trying. And that, and, and, which, is, which is my point. I think a lot of times people aren't necessarily trying to be racist. I was trying to be funny. Like, it, it, but what... Came but, off wrong. Yeah, but it either comes off, it either comes off wrong or said at the exact wrong time or, uh, or just, you know, not... You know, not knowing your audience because you know this that, that has bothered me for days. Because this, this, you know, this guy, I'm sure, you know, always bending down to pick it up for him. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sure this guy is, you know, has spent the the the, the next day or two going. Why do you believe this yeah, motherfucker yeah, said to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 uh, and he doesn't know that I was saying. To yeah. myself, that was really fucking stupid. But even I though I, he, I was going to do something to help him, 
because I bent down to pick it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he put his hand on my shoulder. I got it. I know? think he's also had a lifetime of living with this coach. Uh, how, hey, yeah. Every black dude is great at basketball, and it's ridiculous. Well, and I think, and which, 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 but I guess, and that's what I'm, what I mean is that sometimes it's, it's not racist because you were doing or saying something that you directly meant, you directly meant to hurt somebody it's just sometimes it's doing or saying something I that's thought it was funny and it wasn't yeah, funny. that's what that wasn't funny or is it, it was in, it's, it's, it, it, yeah and playing into the into the stereotypes and and then and then it cre- creates and, an anger and that I'm, doesn't need to be created yeah, and, and I'm, I'm at the symphony yeah I mean, this, <coughs> these we're all dressed you know we're looking good and these, these yeah People don't go to the symphony, you know. You know, <coughs> somebody that that is in love with two back generally is going to go to the symphony, you know. Not necessarily true. Not necessarily not, true. Not necessarily true. But you, you kind of get. Because actually, because actually, you get my gift. Because actually, I know a couple of dudes who are like serious street rappers that that love music, love musical. But you like get that, my so gist from what I'm saying. No, no, I absolutely know what you're saying. You know, I I, I see that as a as a, as a person of, of of some class. Yeah, this is what I might throw out. Just, you know, because he because he he enjoyed the music that he went to see, and he was a well dressed man. And I just felt like a total cat. I really did. I, I, it hit me within seconds. I was like, oh, jeez. And, and listen, <laughs> and th- this is what I would throw out: is that guy has probably been through more in his life to get to where he is than any one of us could ever appreciate. And that I think, inadvertently. To be construed as a racist statement, and I know you're not racist at all. No, but I sort of said something uh, stupid and, that night. And, 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 and dude, we've all done it. So oh, yeah, we've all stepped on ourselves I've that t- way. I've said that to Irish people, I've said it to Germans, I've said it Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I absolutely know. What I would say is, I don't know that when once you start getting on TV, you're starting to talk about classes of people. You're not talking about individual stories anymore. Right. You're talking about classes of people. Yeah, and this is when I do have a real, real, real problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start talking and generalizing about large groups of people mm-hmm. as if they're all the same. So, for example, uh, take Hillary. Like everybody thought, well, why wouldn't any woman vote for Hillary? She's a female yeah. or Obama. Why wouldn't any black dick vote for Obama? Like that's ridiculous. You know, he's the first black president. Yeah. Well, there are legitimate reasons to not vote for Obama, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean... And yeah. there were legitimate reasons to not vote for Hillary, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Although, I did vote for both of them. I wanted them to win only for the reason that I wanted to not win the show. Yeah, look, right. I had a... I had a... Uh, uh, I got a homegirl that... Um, she was... We were talking and she said to me... Uh, um... You know, you know. I know you're, you're, you know, probably a Democrat or whatever. And she says, "What would you, you know, what would you think of a, of a, you know, a black Republican?" And I was like, "You know, I don't know if I think anything, but I would, I would ask why." What about Colin Powell? Yeah, I, I, I admire Colin Powell. I like Colin Powell. You know, so and I did for Condoleezza Rice in a second. Yeah, so and Scott, Scott from South Carolina. I mean, uh, the, the, the girl from the lady from Utah. 
Well, yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. I was like, you know, I would ask why, but I wouldn't judge you, you know, if you... And, and she was like, she was like, what would you think of a black person that voted for Trump? I said, same thing. I would ask why, but I, you know, you you, you obviously had your reasons. She said, well, what would I tell you? What would you say if I told you I voted for Trump? I said, same thing. I would ask you why, you know, there had to be a reason. That you in, that you voted for Trump and, and and not Hillary or you know some other candidate, but I don't have an issue with. She couldn't have been part of the eight percent. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, my problem is: it, does that make him any less black? No, 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 and now, and I guess that was my thing. It was like you know. My first question. It's a bit of an issue there with the community, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, but I, you know, I think that's, you know, I think that's a, I think the problem with, like you say, talking about any mass community thing is you're 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 lumping you're generalizing too much and you make you're making a monolith out of something that isn't monolithic, and uh, and so. You know, I mean, if you would, if you were to think that, you know, you know, every uh, every white guy is, you know, a left conservative, you know, or a right conservative, you you just you wouldn't be it wouldn't be true, and so you'd have to you have to you have to know the person and the circumstance yeah. to understand why they do what they do, how they this. vote, how they vote. When ninety percent of the population votes for Obama. When 90% of the black population casts their vote for Obama, yeah. that's a different matter. And I think that it's less about issues and infinitely more about race at that point. And that's uh, where I started to get concerned. And if if the same thing had happened with women, yeah, it, with Hillary, if yeah. all of a sudden you had 98% of women voting for Hillary, yeah. I would have been as equally as concerned. Because yeah. I'm like, you're not actually taking the issues into account and you're not looking for the best candidate you're looking for and, and I'll, I will admit I was I wanted Obama because I wanted a black president because I wanted that to not be an issue anymore yeah. I voted for Hillary because I wanted that to not be an issue anymore <coughs> that we don't have a woman president right. I find those things ridiculous and historically inaccurate even though I didn't think they were the best candidates although I thought she was clearly better than Trump but what I would say is Ninety-eight percent, yeah, of the black population voted for Obama. Yeah, absolutely. At some point, you're not. No, look, and look. I know, I know plenty. That's ridiculous. I know plenty of people, white and black, for that matter, that voted for Obama for one reason. I voted for him because he because. He was the first viable black president. I for him because I wanted the first well, yeah. black president. You heard me say I will this. give you that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was proud. I didn't vote for Obama, but I was proud when we elected him black president. That's good for our country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's one point. One other point I had to make, and I know we got to move on, is that when we had the girls in here, and they had a lot of interesting things to say, mm-hmm. but they said one thing that bothered me mm-hmm. when I talked about the fact that I've been hiring some inner city kids again. Yeah. yeah. And they said, and I said, they got to learn how to work in my world a little bit differently than what they're used to coming from. And they do. Yeah. But then she turned around and said, well, you're making that kid, that black kid work in a white world. That bothered me. That, that's, that, that is sad in my craw a little bit. Yeah. 
Well, you know, the funny thing am, am, am I really making that black kid work in the white world, or am I making that black kid work in the construction world? Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, you know, I actually thought about that, <clears throat> you know, after the show. So it bothered, and, did it bother you a little bit? Well, I understood where they were coming from, and I don't too, know. I don't I, know if I, they. I, I don't know if they phrased it properly, but it. But in a way, you know, with with women or minorities, um, you know, it's you. In, in a way, you are kind of training some qualities out of them in order for them to fit better into to survive in, in that world. Into, it, right, and, but and that's what I And I don't necessarily but think they, that in order in order for somebody to survive in the construction world, they have to be properly trained. They have to know how to how to work and maneuver in that world. But yeah. they don't have to lose their culture, and I told them that. Yeah, and 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 it doesn't and mean I, you lose your culture. Yeah, it just means that you have to be different in this world. Well, let me ask you: If you're going to success in it, have success in it, you have to learn how to work in it, and it's a different world. You can't go out there in the construction world and and, and speak and hardcore uh, robotics. They're not going to understand you. They're just not. And, me, and this isn't a racist thing, it's a reality. No, 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 let me ask you this. And, so and, that, that, that was the one thing that bothered me about that, and I wanted to bring that up one more time. It's, just it, to, it's a fair point, because this is, this is my question to you, because I honestly don't know, because mm-hmm. I do not have your perspective, and I do not understand uh, all the experiences you've been through and your take on the world. Is it weird... Because most of the time when white guys talk to each other, they're like, yeah, this is a guy. And then when we talk about somebody else, it's like, oh yeah, my black friend, this guy, did this. Is that weird? Like, that would be so weird to me if you were talking to somebody else and you're like, oh yeah, my white friend, Chris, he did this kind of thing. That would be so weird to me. I'd be like, really? Is that uh, a differentiator everything yeah. just so you understand my perspective and what's going on. Like, yeah. That would freak me out yeah. a little bit, you know. Yeah, well the funny thing the funny thing is, uh, to answer your question, um, I think people do it all the time. It, I think why is the 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 the, the real question because it's it, it, and that's always my my starting question is why. Because yeah, that, that, there has to be a reason why. Like, for me, I'll start telling a story, and I want to paint a picture of who I'm talking about. Um, and so I won't be like, oh, you know, so yeah, you know, and the dude, blah, 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 blah. Hey, but my wife friend, Chris, you know, like, I, I won't do that. But at some point of the description of Chris... I have to say that he's that he's an Irish guy, so that sure because they're because, it, because look, well, all, then all of a sudden it explains a lot more. You it, get it, the cultural it, context it, 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 exactly. And and, 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 and so it's for me, it's just an identifier. It's an identifier. It, you know, it's it's you know if if you're saying that this person, you know, this amorphous person did this. And then you're like, okay, and you're trying to understand, and then then you go, 
Oh yeah, so oh, yeah, so so it was my friend. So it was, it was my friend. It was my friend Tracy. Oh, okay. So it was a woman, but I'm st- but I'm a black guy telling a story. So you may be thinking it's my black friend, my black girlfriend Tracy. And then I say, oh no no no, she's a redhead Irish chick. And she, okay. Now now the details of what you're saying are making more sense to me. Well, let me let me tell you something interesting that's happened over the weekend. I hired Jabril, who had worked for me before, who came from my friend Reggie Hines, who was a, who was a mentor that does a lot of things with Boys Hope, Girls Hope, mm-hmm. and, and he calls him Uncle Reggie. When he came to me, he worked the first time, didn't have the maturity, fell back into the hood a little bit. It's, it, this, the sad story of his house got shot up with his mom in it and him in it. So it, it kind of snapped him. I got to take care of my mom, I got to get out of here. So he kind of gained some maturity out of now that stunning event that you know, most of us can't imagine. I've had five of his friends call me, wanting work now. Mm. And, and I, I find this interesting because that tells me that they don't have, they haven't been able to find the avenue. Mm-hmm. And when a couple of them find the avenue, then it's kind of like, look, this is a great job. Yeah, I got a guy who gives a shit about me. He's paying me thirteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. I can't. You can't make that anywhere else. As long as I got the transportation, then that's the one thing they gotta have, and that's the most difficult thing. You've heard me say this before. Yeah. yeah. And they get to work. Yeah. Yeah. Can you get to work? Yeah. Can you get to work? But they want the jobs. So there are Americans out there that want jobs. There's a lot of inner city kids that want decent jobs. And you know the they want to work their way out of it now. Can they, once again, get over where I can only work so much or I'll lose my supplement? Can they get past the point where I'm going to become self-efficient upon myself? Where I'm going to work a job for 40 hours a week and I'm going to learn to trade and I'm going to make more money in this trade and I'm going to come up in it. Well, you know, the the funny thing is it actually, before I move on, before I move on, because we had uh, a couple more more topics real quick. This this is a good talk. But I will say... uh, it kind of goes back to uh, Chicago and some of the problems happening in Chicago. It's, mm-hmm. Years ago, um, there used to be um, like summer jobs for, for teens and other things that kids could be doing. And now, you know, they're kind of left to the devices of, uh, of kind of the normal job market. And, and they can't get construction because that's all the team wants. What's like so? If you're not able to get decent work, you wind up hustling and doing things that you just shouldn't be. You're hustling, and uh, and so when you and then when you get caught up in in the business, you know, hustling and doing whatever. It's hard to get out because, you know, like I say, that money's coming fast and, and, you know, the money's coming fast and the girls are coming faster. And, yeah. And I understand it 100%. But I guess it's a different kind of man issue. Like, what I, what I think is, like, uh, in a weird way, mm-hmm. I've never started a story with, ah, oh, my black friend Mario did this and that and we do the podcast and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and I've never, yeah, I've never it? done that either. So no, I don't like So it's it's weird when you're friends with people, when you're actually friends with people, yeah. and you hear about them quite a bit. 
it's when it becomes a larger scale kind of a thing. Right. There's never been a moment in my life where I've started with, ah, oh, my buffer Mara did this. Like, no, that would be different. And yeah. so I'm like, if there was a moment where I ever started a story with my white friend, blah, 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 <laughs> right, right. my Chinese friend, this and that. Right, right. But, well, now the story is just completely <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, like, if, if, if really I can friends, tell, if I can like, tell... Is that in me mean? telling the story, you need more context. I may give you more context clues as to what I'm talking about or who if I'm talking about. more applicable. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you do a lot, a lot of like rap music and soul music and stuff, and when you're mixing your beats and doing all that, I'm like, yeah, yeah this is what my art does. Yeah. And so, but when you're just talking about somebody in normal because you're friends, right? That's completely different. Yeah. To me. And that is, yeah, I usually talk about like I always. That's the moment this ever happened. <coughs> yeah, which like, is really weird. And I, like just, I was just thinking about that. I was like, <laughs> I have never described you as, oh, Mara's my black friend, so this is the thing. Right. Because it makes it seem like you're just being uh, patronistic or whatever the case. Right, 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 right. I have a black friend too. So, oh my God! Oh so wow! This is great. Oh, you have black friends. Congratulations! Okay. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Like you get an award for it. Like, <laughs> you just want a free dinner at a steakhouse or something. I'm like this is just so dumb. That's that's when I have a problem. That's when I'm like, this is when you're thinking about race way too much. Yeah. I I like having racial conversations yeah. because I do believe there are large racial yeah, large issues, issues right. in the world. Right. Uh, but when it comes to your friends, it's weird. Like, all of a sudden, it becomes completely different. Mm -hmm. And it's the way that people think of schools. So there is a study that says uh, almost every American thinks that the public school system is really fucked up. Mm -hmm. Terrible. Public schools are awful. Nobody likes mm -hmm. them. But ask them about their own school. Right. And it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Their, their school, school is amazing. Is good. Yeah. It's the other schools that suck really bad. Exactly. And then I feel the same way about just this conversation. I'm like, no, it's just schools, friends, whatever the yeah. case is. Yeah, these are, these are these, yeah, these are my just friends. Just hanging out. Yeah. And that's what we do. Exactly. So for 52 weeks out of the year, I come and do yeah. this. And yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I like that we can talk about racial stuff, but at the end of the day, it's not... My black friend Mario is just my friend Mario, and yeah. we do this. And, yeah, and that's the part that I really do like about this. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I love about this myself. All right, so let's move forward. Uh, a couple more things on the list uh, that we'll probably cut slightly shorter, but I was wondering uh, what everybody's thoughts were on the uh, Cleveland shooter. Uh, oh yeah, that uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, this kind of gets back to the whole mental health uh, conversation, and I'm really torn as to what to feel about the Cleveland shooter. One, <coughs> I think what he did was despicable. And almost beyond despicable. Yeah, and you, you know, know, I think what he did was yeah, I think what he did was despicable, but you know, at the uh, you know, I remember uh, a few months ago there were these uh, kids that 
<laughs> we're hanging. We're hanging out with actually a, a friend, and then they wound they wound up uh, uh, binding him up and, and torturing yeah. the kid. And I remember that. And uh, and and later on, I found out that all of those kids were special needs kids, and they all had mental issues. And and uh, well, at least all the all of the guys because there were a couple of girls there Dude, I can I can go with that as far as you don't hurt somebody else yeah yeah I, yeah I am willing to go along with I have mental issues I have special needs I have all these other things right up to the point to where you hurt somebody else this is why I'm less less concerned about suicide strangely if you are mentally ill and you kill yourself yeah I get it you probably are in a world of pain and that probably hurts really bad when you hurt other people, yes, then I just for the a, sake of hurting them, I have a very sincere problem with that, yeah. and that I just think you deserve the worst punishment. In the world for I, don't, I, I don't think you know, you know, if they have issues, they know where, 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 where's your morality at all? You know, that that's what hurt me about that is that that there somewhere something there was a some, some there, there was. They knew right and wrong. There, they I knew agree. what they did was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, they weren't that far gone with their special issues that they didn't know. Yeah, what they were doing was wrong. Yeah, and, 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 and that's and, and that's, you that's let where I slipped to that dark side. Yeah, and that's where I am with the Cleveland guys. Like, you know, what I've what I've kind of heard is that he had some some mental issues and and. But yeah, how do you let yourself slip to that darker place where you put it on Facebook? Wow. Yeah, yeah, where you do a random and, acts. And, and, and I think kick. Facebook needs to look at this. You know, and, and I do think that there's a special place in, in. I think there's a special place in jail, or, jail or hell for people who hurt kids and hurt old I people. And, and I think you know what you're doing is wrong. Yeah, yeah I, I don't care how uh, mentally ill you are. You still know. That hurting somebody else is wrong. Yeah. You do know that. You know that it's wrong in advance, and you still continue to do, to it. do it. And that's something like that I'm not yeah. okay with. And and then in in this case, uh, you know, getting back to the suicide thing, you know, I've this is one of those cases where I felt like, you know, it was a cowardly act. You know, because he, he took off to Pennsylvania and um, why when why you take off. Yeah, exactly. New is wrong. All, yeah. all, I, all I got to say about that is, save the taxpayers dollars. I, I, I hate to say it that way, but, you know. Yeah. I, 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 I have no issue with him killing himself. That's already some bitch needed to die. Listen, I don't I, care I, what issues he had. He's, he I did agree. something so, so bad that you, you no longer are even going to have any substance to human society at all. You, you have tripped over to the dark side of the devil so bad. Yeah, that, that you are you are toast. Take your responsibility or make the responsibility happen on your own. He clearly that person knew was wrong, and that's why they took off. You don't take off if you don't think it's wrong. If you don't think it's wrong. Somebody who's well, yeah, I think about the I think about the the teacher with the with the with the fifteen year old girl. Another, you know, another you, dark side. Yeah, I was just thinking you know, like you, you don't you don't if you're in love, uh-huh. you don't go off on the run. Right. You know, like you may, you may, she may never have a cool relationship with her parents and you may get divorced and have issues with your family. But if, if you're in love, but 
to take off and run cross country with a minor, you ain't in love. You know you you're love. doing you, you wrong be, shit. You may be in lust, and I, and I ask you, you know, this guy was almost fifty. Or was he fifty? I think he was fifty. Yeah, 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 I think he was fifty years old. And she was fifteen. All right, all right, all right. And and, and yeah, so no, right. I, I, I'm thinking about your sexual issues. And really? There's a, there's a lot. But I'll give you, you know, a that, 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 that to me bothers me a lot that, that you would think in your mind, what, where did your mind go that you would think that you could even justify this in any kind of possible way? There, there's no way at 50 years of age that you could justify this. In my brain, I, 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 couldn't, even, I couldn't even imagine myself even... Don't don't disagree, but I'll give you the example of the opposite side. And this is somebody I think was truly mentally ill and uh, in a bizarre way, I can at least respect for taking the consequences. So Mark David Chapman, who killed John Lennon in 1980. um, There's a lot of teachers doing this stuff now. I'm not not disagreeing. Or or, or it's brought forward more than it was. My larger point being... Did not run, sat down on the steps, started reading a book, and waited for the consequences. And just said, you know what, I already knew what it was wrong, I'm just going to wait for the consequences. And that, that to me, is, is very different than knowing what you're doing is wrong in advance. Yeah. And then avoiding the consequences, or trying to avoid the consequences altogether. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is a thousand percent different. Listen, I... I I remember the football game. It was the Miami Dolphins game on Monday Night Football where Howard Cosell announced that John Lennon was murdered. Mm-hmm. You know, and that dude sat down on the steps, started reading Catching Their Eye, and didn't go anywhere. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you know what? At least I'll give you that. You didn't try to duck and run. So it was just, who knows? It's slightly interesting. All right. Um,. Really, we can do a, which we almost have this 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 podcast. But we really can do a whole podcast on kind of uh, men, mental health issues and and all of the the, the consequences and, and and probably cite you know a hundred a hundred things historically that you know could could back any of that up. But sure. I definitely want to move forward. Um, and we were we. We were um, going to um, we were going to talk about um, some stuff going on with with uh, with with the White House and everything, but I think actually save I'm going to we'll say that for next week because um, next week we will focus on the first 100 days. Um, but uh, in uh, this episode where uh, all hell broke loose. Um, we will get to our final topic, and that is uh, fights on a plane. Uh, what the hell is happening with these airlines where all of a sudden they're <clears throat> knocking people out and dragging people off? And I saw this morning, uh, you know, the, it was, a, it was a, a mother with a, she had a double wide stroller, and she refused to let it go. And the flight attendant, um, like, it wasn't a flight attendant, actually. It was a uh, like the person at the counter that came down there. He was not an attendant. Mm. 
I'm ready okay. to get my hand. And no, he snatched it out of her hand to check it. Right, you have to. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, it's fake, right. But you know, I, I well, I, I, I think it was handled poorly. But he was he was trying to do the right thing. I think it was just handled poorly. And then almost getting into a fight with a passenger um, who happens to be a passenger. But is it not a weird thing when? And this is this is my other part of prompt because uh, passengers have a responsibility as well. So when you do something that you know is wrong. And bringing a double wide stroller down the the uh, aisle way and trying to put it in the luggage just because you don't want to go through the security check at the end of the day and get your baggage and all that kind of stuff. No, that's absolutely wrong. So uh, I have a feeling, or I don't know, I haven't seen the entire thing, but at some point, listen, cut it off. You know that you're doing the wrong thing. Give it up. Just give it up. They already told you you're wrong. Give it up. Give it back to the people. They'll check it for you. It's not that hard to fly. It's, in, in fact, really easy. And it's happened to me with just, oh, there's no more baggage space available, so give them your bag. Make it happen. Like, right. I'm not going to fight somebody over giving them exactly. baggage. Just give it to them. Yeah. Just make it done. Yeah. I left out of Orlando today. Now, what's in Orlando? Well, crappy world. Disney World. Oh, sorry. Yeah. How many strollers oh, yeah. got onto my plane this morning right. out of Orlando? I would tend to say there was probably nine to ten of them. Okay? I believe it. With their strollers. Now, here's the problem I have flying in. They are charging $25 for a bag. I'm, 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 like, I'm like this. Uh, I flew Delta, and which I have no problems with Delta. I've always had good luck with Delta. All right? Um, everybody and their dog carries on these big, huge bags anymore. Why not just increase the price and tell people to check their baggage? But that's what they do. So they the bags are free, increase the price on the plane. That's already true. So if you because because now everybody brings all that crap on the plane, and that's the biggest detriment. You know what I carried on the plane today? My iPad and a book. Because I checked my bags. Of course, my wife Pitt gave me the yeah. biggest suitcase and sent half of her clothes back with me because she's still <laughs> in sure. Florida. But she didn't want to slept a big bag. Not disagreeing, but not, this is where Southwest does a good job. This, yeah. this, this is where it's gotten messed up, in my opinion. Is that when you see people, everybody carries a bag on the plane anymore for one or two reasons. They don't want to pay for the bag, or they don't want to wait on bag claim. Wait on bag claim. I was in, I'm in and out of an airport, even at KCI today. I was in and out there in 10 minutes, and, that, and their whole bag claim is horrible. They're the worst. If everybody comes in at one time, it can They're be 15, worst. 20 minutes. Right, you can wait thirty minutes. But it, but it's it's the worst of any place I've so, ever been. So and I and you fly a lot. I fly a lot. You fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, every place else I go to, the bigger airports, I don't have any problems getting my bag. It's twenty minutes. minutes to get your bag. Yeah. So you what's twenty minutes out of your day to get a bag so you don't have to slap it on and slap it around, hit people in the heads, drag it down the thing with the lane? You know, I I don't understand this this concept. And I think this is what's leading to a lot of the problems. 
The second thing I'm going to bring up is that... You mean the charge. The charge is the problem. The charge is the problem. So I think... Encourage people to check their bags. The charge is the problem for small bags. When you charge somebody for a small bag to take it on, I'm with you a thousand percent. Uh, This is North Southwest, actually, and I'm not a fan of Southwest. I think they're a crap airline. I fly because I have to, and I I generally go to Chicago a lot. So I can get in and out of Chicago every hour on the hour. So that's why. You also don't stay very long. You don't have to pack a lot, do you? Mm, Depends on how long I'm going to be there. So you're you're like my wife. But what I would say, I I always. (laughs) What I would say is, Southwest doesn't charge you the baggage fee, and so unless your bag is over fifty pounds, and even then they'll check it for you for free if you decide that you need to check your bag, they'll do that. They're not. They're not nickel and diming you. Yes. You know, they're doing a reasonable business that consumers want these Let's make some popular things. in that aspect. I would agree. So if you, but if you fly an airline that you know that you're violating their rules, and also, let's be honest, a double stroller, are you kidding me? That's going to take up so much freaking space, and already your kids are probably a pain in the ass. You know, nobody wants to fly. I've been on the Mickey Mouse ears on and see how much I'll pay the ass they are. They bring up (laughs) balloons on the plane with them the size of the kid. Oh, my God. I don't want any part of that nonsense. I I hate flying into Orlando. I had to this time. It's just crying kids the entire time. (gasps) Waiting to get there. How much longer? Yada, yada. Whining and blasting away. And everybody's got a stroller and a ton of toys and crap. And Couldn't yeah, believe yeah. it. Yeah, you should charge them extra for that stuff. That, yes. that doesn't bother me. I will say, if it's the case of the guy where they oversold the plane. Right. And they put on a flight attendant because he had to be at the next airport. That's a problem. That, to me, is a yeah. real problem because you legitimately purchased a ticket on a plane expecting to be there and knowing that you were going to be there if they knew that there were flight attendants coming in they should have left those seats open and not sold them and that guy got royally screwed Oh yeah. and I hope he sues their ass and wins a ton of money which he will and it's going to happen because there's probably 9,000 lawyers in the back of a phone book right now oh, yeah. calling them and just going, hey. Well, she started crying. If you saw the video, she was sitting over there bawling. You know, but I no there, there was problems on both sides there. Yeah. She didn't do what she was supposed to. And the guy that went to get her got over aggressive and started dropping F-bombs. Yeah. Well, you know, my, I, hard I, think my, I think my bigger issue, and, uh, and we can definitely save this for uh, another show, but I think my bigger issue is not even I think we're we're seeing it play out, you know, on these planes. But what I'm seeing is just the general lack of uh patience and empathy. Civility. That, that, yeah, Civility. Yeah, yeah, that that everybody common sense, is common sense starting to display, and and that's a disturbing trend to me. And, and because yes, at the sir. end of because at the end of the yes, day, yes, man, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. talking to people suddenly, you know, what? How many times I walk by on the when I'm on the beach, I walk by and I say good morning to people. Yeah, you know, it's amazing what kind of response when you just are civil to somebody. 
And, and you treat them with some respect. They generally give you some. Some people will just, you know, not even say good morning sure. back. But for the most part, how important is that to say the little things that make you just, hey, I'm reaching out. I'm saying, hey, have a good day. Have a good day. You know, good morning to you. You know, how are things going? I'm doing well. I think it's nice. Little things like that go a long way in human nice, fidelity. And we're losing some of that. I don't think it's a problem. I think a lot of times... Air traffic uh, is unique. Uh, it's, it's getting brutal because the they crowd us in. The way that they do <laughs> air travel anymore is brutal. Brutal. It's brutal. It is horrific. And they make you do all this crap through TSA, which is really nothing more than war on bottled water or moisture. <laughs> <and cosmetics. laughs> Wait a second. It's complete nonsense. I'll interrupt you real quick. I want to make a statement. KCI. My mother, 78-year-old great-grandmother, mm-hmm. all right, has had a knee replaced, had her ankle broken with plates in it. And I went through TSA, told them I, you know, I had, you know, my knee replaced. They come out, checked me a few things, looked under my watch, blah, blah, blah. Correct. They took this woman and had her pulling up, trying to pull up her pant legs on her capri pants, searching her left, right, checking her... She's a 78-year-old great-grandmother. I'm standing there, and I'm, I want to say something so bad. I mean, I'm literally freaking out. I'm the what are you doing? I want, but I knew if I said something, I could make her even worse. Right. Well, I've said a lot, and I've been thrown in. And it killed me before. to sit there and watch him. And I'm kind of like, this woman flies all the time. Why can't we get into a database saying, you know, fingerprints, Mom's had her fingers. She, we had TSA pre-check. And they both were in a school like we were, you know, terrorists. TSA's got a lot of problems right now. What they have to do they, is they, they, to they, they, you know, I watched, I watched a little four-year-old boy get searched. They got to prove that they're Blonde-haired little toe-head kid and sitting there balling and they're doing a full body search on They got to prove that they're random. Otherwise, they But, they, but the, they really should profile more, in my opinion. I, I, I mean, get real. Listen. You're just doing it to make yourself look good. No, they they have to, by law, do random checks. And so it is what it is. It's when your number comes up. Listen, and I don't don't like it either. I I, I think it's stupid. It's insane. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I think. I think. Mess with my mom, I man. The, I got your ass kicked. I mean, the entire system is stupid. <laughs> what I would say is that that TSA pre-check does nothing but give the illusion. Because I'm a TSA pre-check person too. Uh, TSA does nothing but give the illusion of safety. In fact, there was a guy who wrote an article in the New York Times who told you a thousand ways that you can still legally blow up a plane if you wanted to uh, with stuff that is allowed onto a plane if you wanted to do it. It is nothing but the illusion of safety. It's complete nonsense. It's an absolute joke. You boy, plane uh, up with his phone if I had to write shit in. They let me write I'm saying that. You truly could. And that was one of his points, is that it was a big load of bullshit. There's no reason for this. You're just making people's lives worse. And it is a load of nonsense. We have, my mother's had problems in the small airports like KCI. You go through Orlando, uh, it wasn't any problem at all. Bigger airports, Atlanta, no problem. Good I've gone through security in Atlanta. Not go much to Augusta, Georgia. Smallest airport I've ever been in my life, and they will search you like you are the biggest criminal 
Yeah, yeah. Time. But they've done that to me several times. Down, search your bag, do all this. I, I, I want to go commando and just drop crown and say, here, look at me. You know, but they'll arrest me for that. Because yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm too old to care about what I look. What do you think? <laughs> I'll, ask you, I'll ask you something weird. Do you feel Do you feel like as a black guy you profile more when you go through TSA? Um, did I, oddly, no. Um, although I've, I have known... Do you think uh, Muslim people feel like they're profile more? I think they do, um, but I think, but I also think that um, most reasonable uh, Muslims and anybody that's of any kind of Middle Eastern type descent, they get why, for the most part. But I will say. There's only been once or twice that I felt like, you know, just you're pulling me out because you're pulling me out. Yeah, like, like, like I remember, I remember, I had a, um, and I and just had completely forgot that I had it. Um, I had a Leatherman's tool in my, uh, you know, I was I always had my my book bag with me. Yeah, yeah, it was in it was in my book bag. I completely forgot about it. so yeah, so they, you know, pulled me out, did the full search. I mean, it was you know, it was a kind of an, an aggressive search, and it was pissing me off. But you know, I'm, <coughs> I'm, uh, you know, I understood, and this is right. This is probably oh five, something like that. Okay. So that you know, so I, I get, so yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's not that far after nine eleven, so I'm kind of getting. Where but then, but then, what pissed what pissed me off. <laughs> And once again, which is the reason why I say I don't think that everybody um, is racist, but I definitely think that people do and say racist things without realizing it. Because I remember saying, I remember seeing these two Middle Eastern guys in like the full garb walk past while they're like patting me all down. And I'm like, damn, Osama is walking right my there. Wife, what the hell? I, I, my, I, wife, <laughs> my wife looks, looks Middle Eastern somewhat. Never once has she been searched like you, I have or my mother has. Not gotta, once. You got it. The problem would be that you would be sued for oh, yeah. racially profiling. Everybody knows but, it. But so. they really need to profile, in my opinion, somewhat. You really want to go <laughs> yeah. after the people for the most part. You look at, at who's committed the most crimes. They yeah, generally come from some Middle Eastern descent. Mm, I would say most, that for the most part. The biggest terrorist act in this country besides 9-11 has been the Timothy McVeigh... Uh, bombing and blowing up of Oklahoma City. Not, not the ones that are trying to blow up airplanes. I, I, I'm telling you, that was they were about to blow up the Kansas City Federal Building. They changed their plans at the plans at the last minute. Went down to those, those are your or your white wackos that are. There, are, are there's a shit to them. They're, yeah, they're the yeah. ones who are blowing up your correct type guys. Yeah, and I think stuff. well, and which is the reason that I don't think that that you know. I, I think it's inconvenient and, and sometimes maddening, but that's the reason that I don't think profiling is a good idea. I don't think it's a, pro, a good it's a good idea in an airport. I don't think it's a good idea if the police are doing it. I, I think profiling is bad for that reason. I, there's enough. I can't totally disagree enough, with that. But there's still. enough nuts of all ilks that you know yeah. pointing me out or pointing you out. I would agree. Solely because what it feels like is 
all of these acts are being done by you know uh, Muslims, by, by Muslims, uh, but really in America, they're not at all. Yeah, in America, a lot of these mass dudes, the mass shootings and mass bombings here, for the most part, have been done by white guys. So, if for true. for and and using that logic. Then like every white dude should be should be thrown up against the wall. Just, and, would, and that's and that's just insane. I would just throw so, this up before we end the podcast because I know you're dying too. Yeah. But I, I would just say, I do find it ridiculous that they take water bottles, moisturizer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, stupid stupid shit. Stuff. Yeah, and like, like yeah, well, I'm like, let's, dude, let's be honest. This, dude, mean, this is a half drunk I, bottle of freaking aqua. Five milliliters. Yeah. Of how, how about let me? I know it's the show you. I'll, 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 let me let me chug about half this bottle right now. Yeah, you know? I'm like this is this is. You know, this if is, I this if is, I can drink it and not kill myself, <laughs> I think I'm probably pretty safe to get on the effing plane. I just, I just think the rules are dumb. I don't yeah. mind. I don't mind even. The I don't, I don't mind about. there being rules, I, I, but I, I think the I think I the rules right now are. Are, are arbitrary at best. Yeah, I, I, literally, I believe it's a warm bottle of water and cosmetics. That's all they do. That's all they ever take from anybody. Yeah. Is shampoo. And, yeah. Well, and then and then what water. what pisses me yeah. off too is at the bigger airports. We're like, well, you can ship it to yourself. I'm yeah. like, first of all, first of all, fuck you. Second of all, I'm not fucking shipping this to my shipping yeah. this water bottle back to my house. <laughs> like well, it's just. And I'll tell you even more than that. What drives me nuts is that it's inconsistent at every airport. Yes. So I once flew uh, three legs of a trip with a propane cigarette because you know I do like cigars as I'm smoking one right now. And on the fourth leg back, they're like, "Can't have this." Like, well, I've flown with it three times today within this week. Right. And you're telling me now that I can't have it because right. I went abroad with me, and it was a really, really, really nice slider. And they did the same bullshit. You want to ship it back to yourself? That would cost you a lot of money to ship it back to you. Uh, I know. I'm like, you know what? Come on. I know. This is stupid. You're so inconsistent. Yeah. You're not looking for the same things. Exactly. You're just all over the map. All over the map. Yeah. So that's when I find it to be nonsense. So anyway, I know you probably won't end the show, but. That drives me bananas. And with that, I think we have hit our last words uh, for today's show. And as always, I want to end this podcast in the way I end all podcasts, and that is with the toast that started it all for me. And that is to good times with good people. Period.